0: us Eden, Super Nintendo's. I am your host, Seth Macy, and this is Nintendo Voice Chat, episode six hundred seventeen. Joining me today from inside the studio, industry legend Cat Bailey. It's only going to become more unstable as we go on. Also in the studio is Pear Schneider. Whoa. <laughs> a cat
1: uh yeah we had a glitch in the matrix and we're redoing this intro for everybody who's confused uh hi seth don't screw it up this time
0: look hey we cat. have a very special guest Derek fitner co-founder of good vibes gaming Derek, welcome
2: thank you once again for having me it's a pleasure
0: <laughs> Derek. oh look a cat welcome okay that's that's the the, the the comedy rule of threes right there oh speaking of threes xenoblade chronicles 3 direct look at that now this is a great chance for us to bring derek on because people are constantly mad in the facebook group that i don't know enough about xenoblade and so they're always saying oh put this person on or that person on uh they know about xenoblade and we finally listened to you and we have a true xenoblade expert on the show the direct was june 22nd it was about 20 minutes or maybe 25 showing off Many of the systems in Xenoblade 3, uh, like the Ouroboros, which was my favorite, because the Ouroboros is a snake that eats its own tail, uh, but not in this game. It's when you link up with a partner and you become a robot person who shoots fire and lasers and magic, all of the things I'm uh, a fan of. And Of course, it has cooking, which everyone loves. Uh, I got to say... I don't know how I feel about this, so let me just start with Derek so you can tell me a few few of your thoughts, please, on uh, Xenoblade Chronicles 3.
2: I got to say, I was very nervous going into this direct because Nintendo has been notorious amongst Nintendo fans, uh, or Xenoblade fans, I should say, just because they tend to spoil a lot of the big events or the big twists in regards to Xenoblade. So I'm like, well, I have to watch this because of my job and because I am such a big fan. And but please don't spoil anything major. And they did it. They did a good job, Yay. I think, of not spoiling too much. I, I can maybe think of good one job, thing Nintendo. that you talked about that. I was like, mm, maybe you should maybe keep that under your hat to have a nice little surprise gameplay wise. But for the most part, uh, I, I saw somebody comp- uh, compare it to an instruction booklet. It's here's the basics. Here's the world setup, here's the characters, here's the gameplay systems. It's a nice little introduction for you. Although, to be honest, most Xenoblade 3 fans or Xenoblade fans did not need to be convinced to pick up this game. Uh, And I don't know if this convinces anybody who's not played Xenoblade to pick it up at this point. I mean, most people I hear that are interested in the series are instead trying to get through 1 and 2 first before jumping into 3 just because... As everybody keeps mentioning three is a kind of a culmination to it although that said looking at everything they've done with the setup i think the set i think it's going to be very much like two and it's going to be very much its own thing until like okay now we're bringing in the elements from the other games towards the end that feels like what they're going to do which is not a bad strategy honestly
0: Mm. yeah i think you're probably right this i don't know that this convinced people who might not be into xenoblade to pick it up um i am on the I'm gonna what am I talking about
3: Oh, okay that's false Seth I didn't look good there you go I, I like Xenoblade Chronicles anything, 3
0: was anything that stood out about it but what cat what convinced you what please
3: seven means, player parties okay. I mean that looks pretty rad actually I I've always kind of liked Xenoblade Chronicles so maybe I'm a bad example um But I do think that in order to get into Xenoblade Chronicles, you have to be kind of predisposed to liking JRPGs and that kind of thing. But I've always, you know, at least admired Xenoblade Chronicles' music and battle system and everything. And when I was watching the trail, I'm like, wow, this looks really good. And the battles uh, are customarily great. And having so many characters on screen, I'm kind of curious how they're actually going to pull this off. Because Seven characters is a lot usually you're gonna have about four maybe five at the outset seven is so many um i'm curious how xenoblade chronicles 3 is actually going to run on the nintendo switch because xenoblade chronicles 2 mm, had some issues but i guess we'll see with xenoblade chronicles 3 i we've had a lot of time now at this point to get used to the Switch's technology it's been five years if you can believe it, since Xenoblade Chronicles 2 came out. So wow. I, I actually yeah, am kind of optimistic I about think, Xenoblade Chronicles 3.
2: Oh, I'm sorry, but I, I think the tech there is does seem like an improvement over two. I think it does seem to run better. The the, the vistas seem yeah, I immense agree. even compared to two uh in that respect. And honestly, with the like the seven player or seven person parties does seem huge at first until you think to Xenoblade two, and technically that was six player parties as well because you had the actual human and the blade that they wielded. So that did get six characters on screen. So we only have really one extra in this case. So I guess it's it's more feasible than you think when you look at it by those terms. But yeah, as Kat says everything they showed here really does appeal to just core Xenoblade fans. Like I I mean I, I got super excited for this. This is this is my game of the summer and I'm just waiting for it to release.
0: Well what what is it
1: yeah, that and that was my my reaction and my my, my history with Xenoblade is always. I I like what I see, I'm into JRPGs, I love role-playing games, I start, I get annoyed at the voice acting, I hang with it for a couple hours, get so annoyed I switch it to Japanese when available, uh, play a little bit more, and then it's literally that Homer Simpson (laughs) moment of oh look, a dog with a puffy tail, because some (laughs) other game inevitably comes along and I keep on saying I'm going to go back I'm like six hours into the game, I'm going to come back to it, and then I plan to play it while flying, and then I'm too tired and I just pick for it's like playing. such
3: a commitment. You're like, that, oh, that, I'm going to pick this up. That, How do I even play it? That's
1: it, exactly. But watching the presentation, I mean, first of all, my first reaction was the world looks beautiful. The technology looks good. Uh I get overwhelmed. Whenever I whenever I see any Direct 4s in a game or, or trailer, it's the kind of like this system, this system, this system, this system, this system, which, by the way, usually is just a small part of the actual systems that are in the game and that unlock over time. Right. So I get a little bit overwhelmed uh, and worried whether the game does a good job of kind of easing you in. But like, you know, g- given what we know of past games, that, that seems to not be a problem. Um, will I play it? I'll, I'll definitely play it Like the, when it comes out. And then, you know, obviously <laughs> something will come out. You'll at least travel. No, I will. I will definitely. I, w- I want to. You know, I want to see how it plays and um, and get annoyed at uh, whatever you know <laughs> Welsh little lad overdoes his accent the little, and
3: <laughs> the little mascot characters that they keep putting in and making major characters on, little yeah. poofy guys. Yeah. What do they call Derek? It, yeah, they, those that's right, guys. That's right. They yeah, did, yeah. They you got really to have those in every JRPG. To yeah, the, uh,
2: male one. The, the Rick. His name's Riku.
0: <laughs> oh yeah. I don't mind at all. We'll okay. take on this adventure. I,
2: I am,
1: I am, I'm going to start off with well, Japanese honestly, language options for sure. It's just,
2: I immediately just seemed better. I also like how they pointed out to fans that the main character can scream. That has always been a big sticking point for fans for for Rex as a main character in Xenoblade Two. Um, but uh, yeah. They, I don't know. Okay, if you've heard. You've had to have heard that sc- initial scream, right, Pear? Like there's the ah. Uh... <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's like somebody doing voice recording yeah. to not spike the mic, right? <laughs> no, it's. And no, nothing against the actors. It's just sometimes, you know, it's about audio production where things just don't so- sound natural. And they sound put on. And if you go back 10 years and listen to VO and video games, there's just so many games that sound like it and we were used to it and we weren't annoyed by it. But now things are better. Oh my um, God. Yeah, go back oh to really any older Resident Evil, evil, evil game and you'll be amazed. Actually, body. any modern Resident Evil game too. <laughs> That's right. Well, yeah, I mean, that far back, it's, it's truly terrible because they hired some... Some dudes off Roppongi, some some Americans off, off the the, <laughs> the base in in Yokosuka or something to dub that game. But um, no, uh, I, I'm I'm intrigued. I'm definitely gonna play it. It looks it looks beautiful. But uh, I'm as always worried that there'll be another game. I'm not just playing Switch. Trainer. You know, I have a PS5 and an Xbox and and a, and a little little Valve PC. Too many games. And there's just too much to play, as always.
3: Neon yep. White is right there. Neon White. She's everybody trying to get me trying to,
1: trying to play Neon White. You'll really like it. We'll, we'll, it's like that yeah.
0: game on Star Trek uh, Next Generation that is a mind-controlled drug. So I, I, I'm i avoiding that one completely.
1: Oh, that's right. Only Wesley know, Crusher can save us from I Neon White. <laughs>
0: uh, Derek, I'm curious... And Roblin <laughs> like What about this trailer Like, really got you excited?
2: I think it's just seeing the interactions between the characters. There's a lot more of that than you would have expected. And it's also the thing I was most nervous about that they would reveal too much of, but they immediately have this very likable set of characters, it seems. Uh, And the character designs are way more reined in than they were in Xenoblade 2. There is a good design sense across all the characters uh, this time around. And you have these intriguing bad guys with the theater. As soon as the uh, show opened, it's just like, what is going on there? Uh, and the whole setup where apparently they have 10 phases of 10 years to live. And I'm cataloging through my JRPGs and I don't know that's a thing too often, especially with the one girl on her 10th phase with only like three months left. I, I, all right. I see the theme they're going with live your life as if it's, you know, to the best of your ability with the time you have. Um, I'm down. I I'm, I'm a sucker for that sort of thing. And just, Seeing this world, seeing these characters, seeing how things have changed from 2 to 3 and getting those little senses and seeing all those elements that were in 1 and 2 represented in 3. There's the um, jewel system that they had. The affinity uh, chart is very much like Xenoblade 1 in in those cases. And then you have a lot of the races being subtly represented. They don't ever call them out either. So it's nice from that aspect, which I do think makes it easy for people to... Jump into three if they want as a just base start because they don't need to know that stuff. The plot doesn't require it until it gets into it, and they'll probably present it in such a way that it, like, you know, you get that Leonardo DiCaprio oh moment for fans, but other people are just like, oh, that's interesting, <laughs> and I, I like those systems. And yeah, the UI maybe looks a little confusing, but that's just Xenoblade in general. <laughs> I just yeah, it's I- always. wild thing to look at
0: the the those cool like uh enemies that they show like yeah that that's that's what i want that's what i want in my life and in my jrpgs like who are these mysterious figures but then by the end of it when they started showing all the interfaces i was like oh no this is not for me maybe like i like a good system (laughs) there's a lot going on here yeah (laughs) grasp onto like uh that's what i really loved about um octopath traveler was the battle system I thought it was really cool, and it didn't take me very long to sort of figure it out. And I always felt like I was exp- on the cusp of figuring out some exploit, and you know, I like that. I know that it wasn't that way, but it always made me feel that way. But looking at th- th- the systems that they showed at the end of this, I was like, oh no, I don't, I don't think I can do this <laughs> anymore. And I love <laughs> spreadsheets too,
1: but they, they. They do roll it, roll things out. They pace themselves well, though. The, you know, I, I've played a lot of games that overwhelm you with systems in the beginning. I actually think uh, the the Warrior series mm. sometimes lays it on too much in the very beginning, right? Like if you, even if you play the demo, you're like, all right, hold on a second, right? Um, I always think the, the these games do it pretty well, and, and things get added over time. Um, but I, I hear you. Look, it's like. It, it, when I see a Fire Emblem direct, I get super excited about the additional systems that build on the stuff that I know, and so I imagine to somebody who doesn't play that series, yeah, their head yeah. spinning. The, right? The,
2: they do dole it out over time, but I think the big fear otherwise is that Xenoblade's not known for its tutorials. They don't really make sense a lot of mm-hmm. the time, and you know when you figure it out, it feels really satisfying. But they're not really that helpful, at least in two, uh, to get to that point. Torna did improve with that that PC DLC, but we'll see if three actually pulls it off. Is like, oh yes, I do understand what I'm supposed to do here, especially now that we got you know all the Ouroboros stuff, the class changes, which is seems massive, especially when you can change classes to those guest characters. Um, there's a lot in here.
0: Yeah, yeah. I don't know that. It's, I'm, I'm very apprehensive about it just because when games have a lot of systems, I always worry that I'm playing the game wrong. And I know that that is weird, but it affects my enjoyment of a game. I'm like, am I doing this right?
3: Seth, you know what I do in such situations? I go to Whoa. IGN.com strategy wikis and look up their guides by okay. amazing people like Casey DeFritis. And I learn all about the tips and advanced tricks.
1: That helped me with Monster Hunter, though. Yeah. Honestly, like uh, you know, sometimes uh, sometimes games can be obtuse and don't have good tutorials. And you know, all it takes is a good so guide writer is, to give you lo- some
3: tips. Yeah, for a lot the, of the time, they'll you know, be like, "You'll be like, what is best yeah. party? Yeah. What is the best yeah. build?" If you okay, no, Casey cool.
0: Fridas, mm-hmm. You can talk to her. That is an enormous help into getting into Monster Hunter. So I recommend mm-hmm. everybody know a Casey in their life. Just talk, talk
1: to Just Casey. talk to Casey, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, That's all guys.
0: Um another thing that they revealed which was I thought a little weird was the DLC for Xenoblade Chronicles 3 is a uh, uh, season pass with what three different spaced out um how are we feeling about that? Derek, how do you feel knowing that right away you're going to be plunking down another 30 bucks?
2: I mean, it's not unexpected. It was something they did with two as well, um, and I, I felt like those DLC editions were nice. You got new blades, you got new quests, you got new content to that that felt meaningful in a lot of ways. And what they seem to be indicating, at least with the first two DLC packs, they say, you know new heroes and new missions, um, and then they have that that the key art for the expansion pass showing all three blades the the, the the you know the the big weapons of each of each game which i think to a lot of people indicates ooh does that mean we can have shulk and pyra as our special heroes to join us uh, just to have fun and maybe have something in game that kind of ties into that that's kind of exciting on its own but even just more content is kind of cool especially cuz it's not right away i think the first one doesn't even come until winter of this year Then spring of next year for uh, the second piece, and then we get a full-on expansion, gameplay expansion, probably akin to uh, Torna uh, by the winter of next of 2023. And Torna is massive on its own; it was sold individually in its its own uh, cartridge because that's a good, solid 30-hour RPG for 30 bucks. So it's
0: It's I'm not doesn't bother
2: me; it feels worth it if they follow that trend
0: yeah uh how are we feeling about it uh cat
2: how am i feeling
3: about an expansion i mean all of the content uh correct me if i'm wrong uh also if you have nintendo switch online expansion you'll also get access to this that.
2: expansion pass no. they did not did I, did it didn't make sense i they mean they just, confirmed it
3: it makes sense right? <laughs> okay well if, uh, if it actually ties into that service, which I don't know why it wouldn't, because that's another good value mm-hmm. add. <laughs> I know, right? I mean, it's like, <laughs> G- give us all the money.
2: Oh, these RPG players, money. they all spend the money. I recall we can make, that we the Xenoblade. Yeah. <laughs> that's right.
3: Something I liked about Xenoblade Chronicles, too, is that they kept updating it as time went on. And the actual expansion provided a, a really different perspective, I think, uh, in Xenoblade Chronicles Two, and was a major value add for the original game. So I expect the same from Xenoblade Chronicles Three. I and mean, Monoliths just sits here and just kind of grinds away at these huge, d- in-depth, very meaty RPGs, and we're seeing it yeah, again with Xenoblade Chronicles Three. Yeah.
1: Seth, I. <laughs> That's right.
3: Well, they're doing as yeah. their support studio too. They're doing a lot of the tech for Nintendo. That's right.
1: Seth I hate and tolerate season passes. Mm-hmm. I hate them because you're being asked to lock yourself into something that you you're not sure if you'll have the time or if you like the product enough to continue to play and I've I've encountered this with, you know, Assassin's Creed. I love the Assassin's Creed games, but some of the Valhalla DLC mm-hmm. was just kind of like, Meh, right? Like Siege of Paris wasn't wasn't much of a siege and <laughs> it 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 really Like, I had... Bought the season pass early on and then played the add-ons. I'm like, I'm playing it because I paid for it. I'm not playing it because I actually love it. Whereas like with something like Mario Kart, I really love that I'm getting these packs of, of tracks every couple of months. Um, certainly with Forza Horizon, you know, I was all in on whatever DLC packs they would add. Uh, they would add like, uh, but you know, it, it's still a commitment. Like if you're if you're burned out <laughs> on Hot Wheels and uh, you were done with it after Forza Horizon three, the announcer of hot wheels again might disappoint you and you're like oh man i paid for this and i don't really want it and so in the end season passes might be good for consumers who are all bought in and they get something at a discount but it is also yeah. you know it takes a leap of faith to say i'm still going to be interested in yeah. this thing
3: um, i never buy them
0: i also
1: i try to avoid them too yeah i just but with I Forza, get individual I
3: dlc based on it's like oh yeah i want that one
1: yeah yeah, I don't I mean, want. I don't yeah. want
3: the items. I don't want the the extras that they're providing. But so. if
1: it was something like Breath of the Wild or or Mario, you'd probably buy it, right? Oh, like yeah, I have yeah. faith That's, that. But I
3: know the Breath of the yeah. Wild DLC is going to be good. You there know?
1: you go. That's yeah. exactly it. So, so our answer is uh, our collective answer is that right. we only, only like ways. it when we like so, it.
0: Like I was going to suggest, mm-hmm. uh, if you haven't bought Microsoft Flight Simulator, buy the highest tier because then you get everything and it's amazing it's It's
1: ridiculous so it all- it's not
0: a nintendo product i can't talk about it the top gun the dlc, top DLC gun? was free the LC, by yeah? the way yeah. and it's amazing and yes i was able to land yeah. on the carrier deck and it was freaking thrilling Unbelievable! Like one of the coolest experiences of my flight simulator I, career was when I landed. Did you get that steam. from the
2: old NES game? Because that wasn't that like one of the major points of the <laughs> top. Yeah.
0: No one yeah. the power glove. No one ever actually landed on the carrier deck of the NES game. It's just like no one actually ever beat uh, Mike Tyson or Mr. Dream and punch out. And anyone who says they did is a liar. It's impossible. <laughs>
1: Seth, I too was able to temporarily land my jet uh, in in the f- uh, Top Gun DLC for Flight Simulator, oh, but then it yeah, fell off the gotta, edge. You
0: gotta hit, you hit those barriers, which is just the what they call anyway. My,
1: no, it's it going way too fast. There was no way. Yeah, I was trying to jump my uh, uh, my <laughs> aircraft carrier back in time. You were too to distracted influence by the your, outcome of the last wars.
3: You were too distracted by your family. You needed Tom Cruise to help you yeah,
0: out. Right. Yeah, da- was I had my yeah. friend Goose's. Uh, Dog tags in my hand, and I just rubbed them together and said, "Talk to me, goose." Okay, and that is how I was able to do it. No, that's it, a little helpful it hit there. It really One works. more Blade really question, works. Derek, for you. Did yeah. you get the special edition in the 35 seconds that it was available on Nintendo Store? <laughs> I did not.
2: I miss. I missed <laughs> that completely, and I saw the chaos. I, I, I wasn't around uh, to get it when it first, when it launched, and I get back home and s- see the chaos at home uh, at, around it all. I'm like, you know. I think I'm good. I have the special editions of every game before that. I don't know if I'll be able to be able to get three. I'll try it when they put it out there again. But um, you know, I hear in Europe, they haven't even announced yet. They're saying oh. late July, which is when it releases. Mm. So it's so up in the air that even if you do order it, who knows if you'll actually get it at launch. And you know, I kind of want to play the
0: game, too. Right. Yeah. Six huh. like
1: sneaker drops nowadays.
0: Yeah, that's got to get lucky console drops for that yeah. matter but
1: which is weird because if you think about it like some smart business mind should be able to figure out what the exact size of demand is because if you can sell more you make more oh, money i don't know if you guys knew this
0: is that what that whole supply and demand yeah. Thing?
1: Yeah. come on there were so many people ticked off they I'm couldn't get the it'll, special it'll edition just
3: I don't think they expected it to be as hot a property as it ended up being. They were probably like, small mm-hmm. audience, you know, whatever. I mean, Xenoblade Chronicles 2 sold, what, 2 to 3 million uh, units? So they yeah. probably were figuring out, they are calculating well, it out based on that. Yeah, and, as aback.
0: horrible speculator of video game collectibles, the Xenoblade and I didn't get one, and I wouldn't try, so please don't yell at me on Facebook or in, on Twitter but uh, a game with a very rabid fan base that that isn't a huge blockbuster title that has a very cool special edition, that is the type of thing that in 10 or 20 years is going to sell for a lot of money. So I have to imagine there are a lot of like-minded people out there who are like, I don't really care about this game, but I know that it'll be valuable someday and I wanna show it off in my collection because people like me, just the worst. But <laughs> <laughs> enough about how bad I, I am. I,
2: yeah just, just don't did, open it close <laughs> and i also do you think cat um this, this was thrown off because xenoblade 3 was originally supposed to come out in september it got pushed up which you don't see very often and i wonder if that mm, yeah, advanced wars yeah, hole that up or you know hold people off until splatoon in september don't have those two competing um i wonder if it just uh threw off the suppliers and they're like oh crap we're not ready we don't have enough I think that's
3: yeah. I think that's a reasonable conclusion. Yeah. Could be. We'll yeah. see. I hope
0: huh. it comes back because I know that people like really, really want that edition. So I hope for your sakes you can get it. And I promise you, I will not be a filthy speculator uh, who puts it in my treasure chest to sell later on when I need to upgrade my GPU or something. <laughs> but um, you know, we also don't have that is a Nintendo. This year I decided I actually wanted to like follow hockey a little bit more than just the most casual of casuals. So I subscribed to a service that streams all of the NHL to your television. Uh, The Boston Bruins home opener. I went to watch it and boom, unsavory actors are out there. If you want to get the best discount off your Nord VPN plan, go to nordvpn.com slash Nintendo VC. That's nordvpn.com slash Nintendo VC, Victor Charlie. Uh, that link is also going to give you four extra months on the two-year plan. There is no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. That's nice of them, and I appreciate that.
4: That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind.
0: This is the story of Harry Dallowitz, and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream.
4: So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Direct. What is going on with the Nintendo Direct? I mean, we're recording right now. They should have announced you. it. I'm hold on. Let me go to the Nintendo Twitter, and uh, no, they haven't announced the Nintendo Direct. Where's the Nintendo Direct? Wait,
1: next week. We told you.
0: The bold bold prediction
3: is Monday. They'll announce mm-hmm. it. I yeah, think. yeah.
1: I think that's that's good. Or I mean, usually they announce things when we're not looking. So it should be like Sunday, eleven forty-two <laughs> p.m. or something. Yeah, the
3: the Xenoblade Direct really smacked of okay this game that we want to promote is getting its own showcase so that we don't have to worry about it during the, the okay. big Direct. Yep. And so it's like, okay, that's done.
1: Yeah, I on. saw I saw a lot of people immediately jump to the conclusion that they wouldn't be a Direct and because they're doing this Xenoblade one, it's like Nintendo always does that. When a, when a game, one of their major games comes out, they do a Direct dedicated to it and they keep it out of any other Directs and yeah. it
2: Didn't doesn't do mean
1: with- it replaces the main Direct. Of yeah. course there's one. It's it next makes week.
2: complete sense. I and mean, also, like people that don't want to see Xenoblade three, guess what? You don't have to watch yeah. Xenoblade three now. It's out That's of the true. direct. It's all new stuff.
0: That is is the win-win. <laughs> I am Very going exciting. to say that uh yeah, it is probably exactly. next week, and I'm only basing that on Derek and I were actually talking about this before the show. Um Nintendo's big summer sale just went live. And usually, and I only know this because I have to cover it, uh, usually that's E3 adjacent. So PlayStation, Xbox, and Nintendo all do a sale that kind of overlaps or covers the E3 period. Or this year, when they're going to have their showcase or their uh, state of play, or perhaps their their big Nintendo Direct. So the um, Nintendo store sale is on right now. And actually, you should check it out because there are some pretty good deals on a lot of really good games. They're all digital, though. But don't worry about it. Amazon will match them.
3: I mean, full disclosure, we're literally flying Seth to San Francisco so that we can do a pre- and post-show uh, I mean, yeah. for this <laughs> Nintendo Direct. We're, like, yeah. pretty yeah. much and, assuming And if not, we to get go, to
0: all be so. in the studio hanging out, and that'll be fun. <laughs> and we, yeah, yeah, we yeah, get yeah, to hang see, out, man. Yeah. That'll be yeah. fun next week. But, yeah. <laughs> What yeah. happened?
1: But we're not expecting it to be Monday, but we'll hopefully already have a, a Seth here Tuesday, on Monday, right? Do it on yeah,
0: Monday, which they're not going to do anyway.
1: We've no. been
3: hearing this for ages, too. It's like June 28th, June 29th. I know that yeah. Uh,
0: yeah, Investor call, or excuse me, their call with investors, which is different, is on the 29th. So, um, yeah. Yeah. It's all, 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 all the stars are aligning. I think we're going to get a Nintendo Direct. The question is, what? Is the Nintendo Direct going to give us bold predictions? Kat, I would like to hear what your boldest Nintendo Direct prediction is. That's within... Re- the that's boldest in the Nintendo realm of Direct
3: uh, prediction? <laughs> within the realm of possibility? I mean, I feel like I've said a lot of the stuff that I've been hearing and or kind of assuming uh, to this point. I wouldn't be shocked if we got a Breath of the Wild 2 oh update. I, I know that's not a super... Bold prediction, but given how coy Nintendo has been to this point, and I think they want to kind of set the agenda, not just for this coming fall, but for early 2023, I'm expecting some release date or some release windows to be announced around that time. So I kind of expect uh, Aonuma to pop in and be like, hello, here's an update on Breath of the Wild 2. Work is going very well. Here's a new trailer. You know, that kind of thing.
1: I agree. They're not going to be at Gamescom this year, which is another moment for big announcements, right? Like, uh, uh, you know, just O&L show uh, or when they're on the show floor, sometimes um, sometimes display stuff adjacent to the games that they are having playable. So that's not going to happen, which means I, I do think the time is right for them to do a check in with people saying... Don't throw out yeah. your Switch. You know, there's something big coming, and here here's some more details on it just to whet our appetites. But I do, you know, the the obvious predictions are Fire Emblem is going to show real Fire Emblem. Uh, and then, you know, Metroid Cat, and, Prime remake. Cat and I will always say there'll be a Metroid uh, Prime HD remake. So. It's out
0: there. I, I want it. Yeah. It exists. I want
1: it. <laughs> so so that that at least that first game remade it's uh it's about time for it to show its face um but you know next level games was done with uh super mario strikers for a while and uh you know that seemed to be a smaller project compared to like a luigi's mansion maybe we'll get something nice from them All right. I haven't seen that. Oh, I don't
2: want. Force two. It's about time. There it is. <laughs> we need it. Ah, <laughs> except for that one.
0: Two Metroid yeah. games in a Remastered. row. Remastered. Kind of surprisingly good with friends, but um, as far, hey, as far I've as said as, it before, my kids absolutely loved that game. So it's a good
2: time. It just had bad timing. Yep.
0: <laughs> Derek, what's your I bold think it but makes reasonable sense prediction? To
2: see, um, it's time for the next Mario Kart DLC next oh, okay. set of tracks i think that's a shoe in for mm-hmm. this this direct uh if i had to guess it'll likely come out if not a shadow drop in august uh that that seems pretty likely to me to see the next set of mario kart tracks so parably be happy uh <laughs> i agree with the, the the zelda stuff but with it with breath of the Wild's sequel coming out next year I could see them actually d- finally pulling the trigger and having Wind Waker and Twilight Princess HD oh, on the Switch, which is so a big, cool. big gap for those games. And
4: mm.
2: I see we could get Ocarina and Majora yeah. as well, but for now, I'm just going to stick with Wind Waker and Twilight. Yeah. Do you think they'll announce the Pixel remasters at this oh, one, I Derek? i put my hopes, hopes up there. Um, yes, uh, I think so. I, I think, think they it's will. Time. They're all th- out. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, it's had time to settle.
1: I think so. They're like the no-brainer games, like you know the Tactics Ogre, Final uh, Fantasy, Pixel remasters, and Persona games. Like they're now floating around on other platforms. Yeah. So many RPGs, enough that Bible Live. look. I, if there's one thing that really, really sells on yeah. Switch, it's RPGs, right? It's such that a great platform for them. So yeah, it's best genre. W- Why not? When these games that are not graphics intensive show up on other platforms like the PlayStation for and the your PC, phone. I think. Uh, I think the yeah, switch yeah. is next. Uh, do you, do you My... think we'll
2: see Dragon Quest 3 HD? Ooh. Or 2D HD? I hope so. It's been oh, a while. That'd be nice.
3: I They tend to do individual updates for Dragon Quest. like Dragon. They'll have Yuji Hori come on from his chair with his giant plush slimes and everything and be like, hello, here's an update on Dragon Quest and he'll lay it all out and everything. So I, I think we'll see Yuji Hori on, a, on his throne in a separate stream and it'll be in Japanese.
1: It'll be slime football. <laughs>
0: <laughs> my prediction. Uh, I, I played that, and I really think this in my heart of hearts. I think we're gonna see the first trailer for Metroid Prime Four, and we're gonna get a release window. And that's, that's wow! Bold. That's a big one. That's, I think that's <laughs> not. That, I think that's the don't end get my hopes up. Direct presentation, and it's just gonna be like five seconds of gameplay, and then it's gonna say Metroid Prime Four coming twenty twenty eight.
3: God, I hope Only. so. That would be great. Yeah.
1: Obviously, there'll be lots oh, yeah. of Splatoon, mm-hmm. right? There'll be there'll be things that are coming this year. Hopefully, an Advance Wars release date, finally. That sort of stuff, I definitely expect. Maybe oh, a look yeah. at Live Alive, because few people know about this game, and they should, because it's what, awesome.
3: What hot indie hasn't been ported yet? Have we gotten say, a Tunic what, what, confirmation what, yeah. for Switch yet? Oh, yeah,
1: Tunic is missing. That's yeah. right. One of the best games this year. Tunic should definitely come to Switch and is doable.
3: There will be some good surprises. They always uh, manage to surprise us a bit with these with, Nintendo Direct. With,
1: with some random stuff, yeah.
3: Random stuff, yeah. Like mm-hmm. usually old games that are getting like updated. There was a ActRaiser oh, was yeah, yeah. like was out a, of left field, for example. There's a story yeah. recently uh, from Square Enix's president apparently wanted more HD 2D. So think about old RPGs that can be made in that style.
1: Well, the the entire Saga series, all those oh, games, oh right? Yeah. <laughs> or Saga. There's there's lots to to go back to Earthbound. in the back catalog. I <laughs> no, <that's not> swear. <laughs> Earthbound would be so good as that with that art style, I agree. right? I no, Gorgeous. Yeah. Or Mario RPG, see? if Square wants to go oh all man. the way back. Wow. Yeah. I don't see that happening. No, me but... neither. Wow. <laughs> We don't
0: talk about that. Would that. be great. Oh, I love that. You know what? Bahama That'd be cool. I know. That'd be a mm. good one. Um, yeah. All right. Hopefully, knock on wood. Oh, I don't have anything that's made of wood that's within knocking reach. Oh well, whatever. We're hoping. Th- <laughs> We're cursed oh, now. I've oh, angered my God, the wood elves. Done, they're so mad at me. The little gnomes <laughs> side of every piece of wood. All right. Fire Emblem Three Hopes comes out tomorrow. We have our review up on the site. It has an eight. Uh, Kat, you posited the question Does Koei Tecmo deserve more respect for what they're able to do? Uh, <laughs>
3: okay, I mean, yes, I mean, they may, they're the force behind Fire Emblem yeah. Three Houses, mm-hmm. and it's kind of weird. Like, Koei Tecmo hasn't received a lot of respect over the past 15 years or so because I think people associate them with you know Dynasty Warriors games and they associate them with a healthy dose <laughs> of jank and maybe killing off Ninja yeah. Gaiden. But behind the scenes, I think Koei Tecmo has been getting a lot stronger over the years. And Nintendo obviously has an amazing relationship with them. And uh, low-key, I think Koei Tecmo has been doing a lot of good work. I mean, I'm not the biggest fan of the Warriors games, but it's not because of the the quality of the games themselves. I just don't particularly like that style. But they've built... A fan base and I feel like a decent amount of trust with publishers We're like, okay, we are going to let you use our best licenses with these games like Zelda and Dragon Quest and Persona and that kind of thing. So God help me, I think Koei Tecmo has even taken on a small layer of prestige in recent years.
1: I like, like whenever a Muso game gets announced, like I'm I'm happy they exist and I'm happy they come out. And like I I played the the demo when it came out, and I quickly get to this point where I'm like, I could I could play it, mm-hmm. and if I was bored, I'd play it just because you know I love the Fire Emblem universe and before you know obviously Zelda and all that. Um, but I don't love them. I just never love them because they kind of take the special out of battle. When all your enemies are the same and they just become this sort of it's like lawnmower simulator it's like grass right like you're just mowing the entire time and like obviously there's more strategy to it i love that you can command your units and send them to different places and it uses the weapons triangle and all of that but it's like at the heart of it it, there's just something that is it's it's almost a a road kind of almost like a chore to conquer the battlefields that irks me a little bit when i'm playing them but um they run well compared, like, but the amount of stuff that happens on screen, it's, it's quite surprising, I, I will think. would be nice yeah.
3: to Musou games. They do a really good job of capturing the feel of the individual properties. Dragon Quest yes. uh, Heroes yep. felt like a Dragon Quest game. Nope, Persona sure. feels like a Persona game, and now Fire Emblem feels like, you know, Fire Emblem Three Houses. And so it's not just, you know, a cookie cutter kind of approach. No. Uh, and I, I think I appreciate that. For
1: yeah, sure. and there's some like that's the the beauty of gaming nowadays is that there are so many different types of games that it, I don't think there's any gamer out there who loves every type of genre and like the this kind of action spin-off musou genre with uh, the kind of mass battles is just not my favorite thing but i do really appreciate the kind of passion that goes into it and when you play these games you get a sense that the programmers and designers are actually fans of those franchises right mm-hmm. and they're taking like the best pieces and adapting uh, are adapting them to to their gameplay styles yeah of the cool.
3: presentation is always really strong yep. for the most yeah, part are you muso
2: positive Oh, I'm definitely Muso positive. I played Dragon Quest Heroes. I'm just continually impressed with how well they capture each of these series and just how it really does feel like a new entry in that series. Uh, Fire Emblem Warriors is the first, uh, the Three Hopes is definitely more traditional Dynasty Warriors than I've seen from a while from uh, these uh, Muso games. Honestly, I think, pair, I don't know how much you've played of it, but Persona 5 Strikers is very different from a lot of Muso games i have not played it, i have played to me played that's more of an action yeah. rpg because you get into smaller six or seven enemy battles and it's done it's it's super done and quick and yeah. it's sort of punctuates moments with the bigger battles that you can have all that and it's more strategy based and uh managing your sp feels very much like a persona game which is impressive they even market it kind of subtly as persona 5 2 that's that's how much they've felt uh, confident in this and then we got the age of calamity which uh you know it's all it's this alternate history retelling and getting three hopes with its alternate history like it's it's not just the fluff anymore that we got with hyrule warriors or even dragon quest heroes where it's like let's find an excuse to get all these characters together it's more like let's focus on this one game and expand upon that one game style capture it but also adapt it to the muso style and it works extremely well and i think that's why people are so excited like to see that style in other with other properties that they want to see they love
3: yeah on that front though i wish that they were more additive especially with age of calamity and three hopes rather than going with the alternate story mm-hmm. kind of because they don't feel as essential
1: it's meaningless in yeah. the end right yeah, yeah exactly yeah, <laughs> But it's like it's a little bit like uh, Link's Awakening, where you can have a dream story that's an alternate telling of something that ultimately doesn't affect the overall it's like, canon. Link's Awakening, works.
3: Has, Link's Awakening has an
2: emotional arc that's to it true. that that's works true. really, yeah. really well, yeah. I
1: think. But uh, So are you going to be really excited when they announce Xenoblade Warriors <laughs> next so. week?
2: Then? I, I'm, I'd be completely <laughs> down for that and just have an excuse to get all those characters. And there's a lot of great <laughs> characters in there. People would be super excited. I I I truly believe, yeah. but I've seen <laughs> so many good suggestions good. <laughs> for different types of warriors games. Another one I hear a lot is Kirby. Everybody wants a Kirby Warriors. I know. Well,
1: that's, Let's
3: do Mario.
2: Come on,
1: Mario Warriors would be great. Yeah, but they don't they don't punch and kick that same way.
3: You play as you Mario know? and you run yeah. and you're like woohoo woohoo and you're like taking out. Millions of Goombas and uh, Koopa Troopers. I mean, yeah. just
0: millions.
1: He, he, he just—he's just not a
3: fighter yeah, like that. They gave him
0: guns for uh, for rabbits. I mean, they weren't like real guns, <laughs> but that was a, a radical departure. Yeah, but. As long as he doesn't jump, okay. It's it's fine. You can this, make Waluigi
1: a character for some it's reason. Not the same. Mario is like Mario has a one one to one relationship with his enemies. Like he spots Goomba and he wants to jump on that Goomba's head. <laughs> he doesn't. All right. Well, the Goomba towers. Okay. Okay. That's fair. But it's usually it's more of a showdown. I and mean, you don't you know?
3: actually beat up Bowser. No. You defeat him with your
1: brain. But Kirby loves massive mass attacks and stuff like that. Yeah. You know that that could work. Put him
2: in his robot. Yeah. Oh man, that'd be awesome. Yeah. Yeah.
0: All right. There it is. Oh, yeah. That's a good point. Planet Robotobots (laughs) Warriors. Oh, we're going back to the old school here again. Hey, what's up? It's me. Sonic Origins is out. We did not review it. However, uh, some of the other sites did. Game Informer said, while the music changes and audio mishaps are disappointing, the Sonic Origins package is terrific overall. GameSpot said... Sonic Origins has some puzzling issues and omissions that you wouldn't expect in a retro compilation of this caliber. There's no save state reload functionality, nor are there screen filters that can help smooth the pixels into a nice CRT-like look. There is one anti-aliasing screen option that makes the screen look like it's been smeared with petroleum jelly, but that's it. Uh, It has musical issues, which I'm sure we have all heard of. Uh, Basically, there were certain tracks from Sonic 3 that have been uh replaced with adapted versions uh and fans are very mixed on the results i i have not actually heard anybody say anything but negative i have
1: oh negative things they, they, they sound yeah. completely different mm-hmm. it's not yeah it's not it's not the same tunes and like i'm you know i i played sonic 3 enough to immediately notice that the 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 songs are missing it's like if you if you imagine like if you're a big super mario world fan and you go back to the first world and the music is different even if the track is good which these are these are okay they're not bad bad, honestly it's just not the same and like when it comes to classic compilations like you want to relive something right? For me so for me this game like i actually didn't buy it i was we don't get sonic 3 no. very
3: much either like no. sonic 3 is never in the collection so i was kind of looking forward
1: to it that, that's the thing so i was you know like sonic 1 and 2 we can already play on switch right yeah. and so um 3 sounded interesting to me and then i'm like well if it's not the I was same I the
3: idea of having a widescreen like a proper widescreen version true. of these games but it's been a puzzling kind of project from the start the way that they approach the dlc for example, really did not go over well with folks. And then it seemed like they made a good faith effort to address the kind of the wonky musical issues with Sonic 3 because there are licensing problems, rumors of Michael Jackson being involved, which seemed to be confirmed today by Yuji Naka. And then he was like, oh, no, no, it's just a TikTok. (laughs) By Sega, Sega official or whatever. It's then like, he
1: stepped, yeah, he stepped back. Yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I don't know if even Naka knows if those rumors are true at this point. Like, Seriously. it might just be Bull. But obviously, they don't seem to have the license to those tunes. Otherwise, they would have right. put them back in, right? And that sort of stuff can happen with games like Tony Hawk as well, where, you know, major tracks are no longer uh, viable for licensing because they'd be too they pricey. Did a, and...
3: They redid the prototype sound. Yeah, music and they got somebody who's like i have the original instrumentation and Mm -hmm. all of these tapes and everything but i don't know if they didn't have enough time or Mm. what went on or they're just they weren't really used to the technology but it just didn't quite work out people were like this isn't this doesn't look as good as maybe sonic mania i think people were kind of hoping for more of a sonic Mm. mania approach to this uh it it just didn't come together in the end it didn't seem like very
0: disappointed to hear about sonic 3's music because i actually have never played Sonic 3 and I always wanted to because I heard the music was so good and I had always heard I mean I don't think it was a rumor I think there it's it's like credible rumors that Michael Jackson was involved. And I think the fact that we've never really seen Sonic 3 before and now they just left out certain tracks it tells me that all those rights are just wound up in some unbelievable hellscape where they can't be unwound and that is why they just went ahead and got rid of them instead of, you know, skipping Sonic 3 again. But we will never ever know for sure for some reason. Why not just say it? Is there why not just be like, Yeah, Michael Jackson did it? He had some problems.
3: Maybe, Michael Jackson's kind of a I controversial mean, yeah, figure, and maybe it, Sega doesn't want him a failure associated with yeah, Sonic. I don't know. I yeah, He's yeah, also
1: dead thing. now. <laughs> so
0: like, now we're just dealing with his estate and whatever that is, uh, has. Mm. there
1: it's, might be it might have been an nda that was in perpetuity where they said you cannot disclose the involvement of the yeah, artist true, that he's yeah. doing this because he loves the franchise and you may never talk about it right well, like that, i mean i so. know that
0: also, when he did the simpsons episode he w- he didn't get credited as his name even though it was yeah and on yeah. Purpose, actually yeah. the and now you can't, no, watch, you it can't watch it unless you have the dvds but uh the parts where um he's singing were not actually Michael Jackson. He would do his line, and then he stepped aside, and then uh, a, a Michael Jackson impersonator, who he hired, would sing the song. That's right for that episode.
2: It, Lisa, it's Happy your birthday. birthday. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Happy birthday, so. Lisa. <laughs> I I've that heard that um, a similar sort of thing happened with even Sonic Three. Like he maybe did one track himself, and all the others were done by just his company. Sure, like, the people that worked with him. Yeah. Um, they did amazing, obviously. And I, I think that's the part that's you know tough for Sonic fans because they want Sonic 3 and Knuckles included. It is probably considered the best game. It's between that and two, the best 2D Sonic game. Um, and if this is how we have to get it, then so be it. It's just so we can finally have Sonic 3, have it in widescreen for the first time. It's also the first time we're getting the iOS versions, Taxman versions. On console, which is a big deal, so that now we get Hidden Palace and, and and whatnot as part of Origins. It, it feels like a big deal, and to have the go the extra effort for animated cutscenes to have this challenge mode, it's a good collection on paper. I have not had a ch- I have not had a chance to play it myself to really see how well it works, but I'm definitely intrigued by it. Although I wonder if the f- <laughs> I feel like I'd be more inclined if it was thirty instead of forty. Forty feels a little
0: steep. Yeah, don't don't worry. It, it will it'll be thirty be... if you just wait <laughs> yeah, a little yeah, bit.
1: I am too. Like I know I'll get to this point where I'm like, okay, yeah, fine, all- I'm gonna get it. It's now. also
3: surprising because Sega has a really good history with these collections in general. Usually they work with N2 yes. or somebody. Um, you see games like Fantasy Star being redone and redone incredibly well mm-hmm. on the Nintendo Switch. Yes. Play it; it's amazing, and. There have been a lot of different releases of Sonic over the years and Nintendo Switch and 3DS and everything. So I kind of assumed that Sonic Origins would be really, really strong. And so this this feels uh, not like Sega, I think. This,
0: yeah, I'm, I'm actually very mm-hmm. disappointed to hear that there are no um, filters other than that smeary one, which I hate. I hate that filter so much, and I wish they would never... <laughs> put it in any games but it is what it is so there it is the sonic gener or, or excuse me sonic origins uh collection they should you know what they should have done they should have had kanye do the music for sonic 3 that would have been oh. you <laughs> all right
1: then your kids in like 2050 would say man we don't have the original kanye track anymore
0: <laughs> Yeah, yeah, there is someone who would have some weird contractual Mm -hmm. things like uh, if once the the moon is in a certain quadrant, you wouldn't be able to listen to it anymore and it would explode. But cat you have a cat take to discuss uh, about turn based combat.
3: Yeah, Seth, I've been thinking a lot about turn-based combat, especially because Xenoblade Chronicles 3 is happening. And Xenoblade Chronicles 3, it's command-based, it has cooldowns and everything, so not, strictly speaking, turn-based. But uh, there's this kind of meme going around that turn-based combat is dead or just not particularly viable. And I was thinking, it was like, okay, I don't think turn-based combat automatically means that a game is doomed. I think that it is more important for a game to be on the right platform, to be well-executed, to have a very strong IP. And (laughs) case in point, and I think a lot of people would quibble with it being well-executed, is Pokemon Sword and Shield, a game that sold 23 million copies. And it ended up selling more than twice as much as Final Fantasy XV, which went out of its way to be as mainstream as possible on a console that has a larger install base than the Nintendo Switch. And you can say, well, it's Pokemon. We're like, well, Pokemon hasn't gone away to action. It's stuck with the turn-based combat all these years and it's still doing just fine. So, and I wanna get your thoughts on this. Turn-based combat, it's fine. You can still have it in your games. It works just fine in the modern context. That's my cat take.
1: I like it too. As long as, you know, turn-based combat has the potential of grinding action to a halt, right? Because like, if there's no pressure on you to think faster and act, you can take your time. And for some people, it, it might mean that the experience is very slow and every battle takes a long time and they have to repeat tasks that they've done before, have mastered... Um, but you know, even Final Fantasy was innovating with the active time battle in these mm. systems to to kind of bring that stuff to life. The Paper Mario games have done a really good job with you know turn based combat and like action commands that 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 add like timing to it. And then as you'll see with next week's direct, like uh, Mario Rabbits Two, I'm sure will have some interesting things. I have no idea <laughs> if it's going to show. I'm just making this up. But just like conjecture. But, but it's but it's obviously time for uh, for that game to be shown, and I'm assuming they're sticking with yeah. the turn-based combat from the first game, right?
3: I think that as long as it goes fast, you're okay. Games like Persona 5 and also Bravely Default 2 have done a pretty good job. Mm. Like you can um, set Bravely Default 2 to just go really fast and as long as you're done with the battle in like 10 to 15 seconds, you're okay and then when you get to the boss battles that's when it gets fun because then it becomes much more strategic
1: yeah and and kind of i thing. think that like obviously the fire emblem games uh you know have held on to the 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 turn-based stuff and like series like ogre battle used to be more real time went with tactics ogre went towards turn-based as well and they're, they're still really fun um the i think the challenge with turn-based games is when when it's repetitive tasks and you're asked to navigate deeper into menus for really simple things. Like for example, you're facing lots of ice enemies and your fire spell is like three layers down. You constantly have to repeat this action. It really gets old. Right. And it feels like game design from yesterday, but like somebody can update that and create, you know, maybe create macros or templates that make it easier or, or just kind of give you more variety. So you're never stuck with fighting the same enemy again and constantly running out of MP and having to,
2: Take an ether and all of that,
0: Derek. I'm curious to hear what your take is on turn-based. I mean, I,
2: I I like my turn-based RPGs. One of my probably my favorite game on the Switch right now is still Dragon Quest 11, and that is a pure turn-based classic RPG. It is uh, very well done. It has all those systems. It, it's you know you go through the menu. It's not doesn't pressure you, but there is a speed up function so your characters can go super fast whenever you choose that option. But it's it, it's it's comforting for an old RPG fan like me. It's like, ah, oh, I remember this. This is nice. And to see it sort of updated in its own way feels good. Dragon Quest is just a an old standby if you want your RPGs very much like yesteryear. And I don't mind the new stuff. I enjoyed the systems in Final Fantasy VII Remake. I enjoy obviously, the battle systems in Xenoblade, which is you know, arguably turn-based just because of the count, the timers, and whatnot. But I, I think the developers might be worried it's like we need to have action at all times we need gamers doing something at all times or so they'll get bored and that's m- maybe why they've gone away from turn-based because you know even back in the playstation era everybody was making uh making fun of the uh, whole idea of okay i'm gonna attack you okay now i'll wait so you can attack me okay now it's my turn to attack you and yeah. it felt silly but i think people have kind of gotten over that same sort of idea is like we had to have the biggest, best graphics ever. It's the only way to take it seriously. And now people are more open to style and having variations and just, you know, it doesn't have to be the biggest and best. If there's a good style that holds it, then it maintains that attention. They need to find that same sort of balance with turn-based RPGs. And likely, I mean, Persona 5 is a great uh, example of an update for that. But honestly, it's probably gonna be the indie scene to find something that really latches on. Uh, Kat was saying basically the same thing before we uh, started recording, and I have to agree with her because I feel like that's where a lot of innovation comes in. It's like, well, we've seen all this. Let's try something a little different. its It's small enough they can make that attempt.
1: Yeah. By their very nature, tabletop games obviously are turn-based, right? And there's been a ton of innovation with, you know, some some board from video games, but with phases and different things to do that, that make the kind of like turn-based setup a little bit more lively and that sometimes break things uh, or break the, uh, you know, the the turns up. Uh Project Triangle strategy for example has a display of what units are attacking next right so it's not strictly you then 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 you then them it's like mixed up based on the stats of the characters and you can obviously influence that those those systems are really interesting to me but um I have to go back to paper mario not the last one the last one had kind of like i, I didn't think the combat system was that good but the older paper mario games brought turn-based com- combat to life with different little time challenges and i don't think we've we've seen everything there is to do with that sort of setup like maybe there are more you know like there are obviously rhythm based challenges in in some games but like maybe there's more to do with action within the turns that that could be interesting
3: I think it goes back to the old cliche of you need to be accessible, but deep. Mm -hmm. And I think that a lot of these games, um, I I was joking to you earlier, Seth, about kind of the wiki Mm rule, right? And a game like Elden Ring, which is obviously an action game, but also has very, very deep systems. Mm -hmm. And it's something that makes people want to be invested, but at the same time, they're like, but I can also get into this really easily. I pick it up and I immediately understand it. And so turn-based RPGs have kind of a steeper hill to climb in order to not feel completely overwhelming to players who are like, I'm seeing too many interfaces Mm -hmm. and menus, oh my gosh, I want to do it. But games like Persona 5 in particular have shown that you can do that.
0: Would you like to know what yeah, I think Persona about 5. turn-based RPGs? i already said a million times. Now bring Persona 5 to Switch, yes, for God's please, sake. Exactly. <laughs> so I will actually play through it. Um, <laughs> I think all RPGs should be turn-based, and nothing breaks my heart more than somebody saying, oh, you got to play this super hardcore JRPG. You're going to love it. And I play it, and it's not turn-based. It's like action-based. I hate that. Just make all <laughs> RPGs turn-based. I love them so much. The last game I played to completion was actually the Sega Ages uh, Master System Fantasy Star because uh i just i love turn like i've said before put the the your your players on one side your enemies on the other and some menus beneath them that's all i need to be happy to. there it is <laughs> it's not dead as long as i'm around i'll just keep playing those old ones all right real quick we need to talk about our reasons that we love the gamecube and cat came up with a very awesome reason that i hadn't even thought of mario kart double dash eight player now I never played 8-player Mario Kart Double Dash, so I feel like I missed out. But I love Double Dash so much. So, Kat, would you please expound upon this uh, 8-player revelation?
3: Yeah, it's basically the Nintendo GameCube's answer to the Xbox in that you're able to network together GameCubes and multiple televisions and then each player of course you know in double dash you could have two players per cart one person driving the other person controlling the items and so you could double the number of people who are playing it might have even gone as far as 16. uh whoa yeah and in fact i remember this because uh back in 2011 a friend of mine was like it's always been my dream to play the full Nintendo GameCube Double Dash, and we brought in all of the TVs, and I believe there were eight of them. Everybody had to bring in their own TVs. We got all of the GameCubes, all of the controllers and everything, and I think we played the full 16-player Nintendo uh, Mario Kart Double Dash. And you know what? It was amazing. We were all on our own TVs and everything yeah it was uh one of the greatest gaming experiences i ever had that's great (laughs) make
0: the suggestion right now that that setup becomes a permanent fixture in either office for ign just eight tv i
1: was just thinking (laughs) that too get sam that'd be so cool
3: sam if you're listening
1: but where do you find all those broadband adapters seriously Remember the thing you had to buy for the GameCube? And speaking of uh,
3: broadband adapters, one of the cool things that uh, fans managed to figure out was the Warp Pipe technology, which gave online multiplayer to Mario Kart Double Dash. It was really amazing the (laughs) flexibility. Of the technology yeah. and what fans were able to do when Nintendo was like, I don't want multi- online <laughs>
1: multiplayer. That was that was the age where Nintendo said customers do not enjoy playing yes. strangers <laughs> on the internet, oh right? It was I'm the like, yeah. the typical like Nintendo is your dad uh, yeah. <laughs> moment. Was like, come on, so customers do want that. Over your How thing? many the only, uh, uh, online, engineers
0: yeah. working at big corporations right now got started out with like LAN parties? and linking GameCubes together, I have to Oh, up. so yeah. many. We, oh, my God. We always
1: played StarCraft. Yeah. Like, you know, I, I went to UC Berkeley, and uh, after hours, we would always convert the uh, journalism lab to uh, all the Macs were networked. We would just play StarCraft.
3: Oh, a Apple talk On
0: Mac? Action. Yep, on Mac. <laughs> Very cool.
1: Because they're in their PCs. I mean, of course <laughs> Le- not. I don't think Lexus Nexus runs on PCs. <laughs> it's
0: funny because our computer lab was, I think, <laughs> running on Unix terminals. It was just all text based. But whatever. Uh, all right, that is the reason we love the GameCube. You could play sixteen people coming to an IGN office near you. Now we're gonna talk about what we have been playing. Cat, what have you been playing lately?
3: Well, I think I've mentioned a little game called Neon White, which just came out on the Nintendo Switch and maybe other platforms, but I don't care about other platforms. This is one of my favorite times for the Nintendo Switch because this is always the period where it seems like the other consoles kind of go quiet and the Switch and the PC just keep getting one neat game after another. Mm. We got Shredder's Revenge. We got Neon White. We're about to get Xenoblade Chronicles 3. And so Neon White... It's a little bit like uh, Mirror's Edge, where you're running through in a first-person perspective. Very fast. Levels only last, probably less than two to three minutes, but they're these really complicated, increasingly complicated obstacle courses. And you grab these weapons, and you can use them to shoot enemies, or you can drop them and get a jump boost. And so you can do a double jump by dropping an item on the fly. And it takes a little getting used to, but the controls are relatively simple. And it gets more and more elaborate as you go on. So you're flying through the air and you see a weapon and you have to grab it. And then you have to drop it in midair and then do another jump to get to another ledge. And, of course, there's bronze, silver, and gold uh, awards. So you're trying to speed run through the courses. There are leaderboards here. And um, it's actually kind of a lot bigger than I was expecting. Because I was like, okay, well, this is a simple concept. But there is a story apparently you're in heaven and you're fighting demons and they're all called neons and you're neon white there's also neon red and neon violet neon green and you're interacting with them and apparently you can have relationships with them there's an overworld map um i really like the the art and it's very anime in the way that they approach it yeah uh annapurna is um publishing it so it reminds yeah, me it,
0: superficially of a game that i reviewed called boomerang x which is also on switch oh yeah? i really like mm. just that sort of jumping around and having to figure out puzzles with projectiles but yeah this i've seen a lot of people talking about this but not
1: I'm well play it. we'll uh, we're, we're a little late but we have a review in the in okay. the works on that one yeah. so that's coming out soon Great. yeah
0: I can't play it on the bus, though, no?
1: because uh, the
3: motion too. sickness is a oh, bit too yeah. much. So
1: uh, not
3: I've, seen cool. clips I've been digging it.
2: Yeah, I, I've seen clips and it looks fast. Like I saw people posting their best times getting through a level and little tricks they've been able to pull off. And it it's appealing, <laughs> to say the least. It's it's I, it's not something I would think I would, be, would have thought I'd be interested in because it's first person and card based, And those are two things I don't normally gravitate towards. It's not really
3: card based, I don't think. It's just that you see a card and you're like, "Oh, it's a card based game." This is Slay the Spire, but no, you you see cards that just represent weapons Uh, for the most part. Yeah.
0: Very cool. Have you been playing anything else?
3: Oh yeah, I've been playing Dragon Quest XI. I literally just beat a boss before we started recording it. I'm pretty deep in. I'm like a 38 hours into this game, but it's it's like reading it's like Lord of the Rings in video game form. It's just slow and stately and. You have That's to cool. spend a lot of time really getting into it. It's like a 50, 60 hour game, but oh my gosh, I think it's the best RPG on Nintendo Switch. And one of the best RPGs of this generation It's between that and Persona 5 from the Japanese side. So if you haven't played Dragon Quest Eleven, go play it. It's amazing. Well, I guess Absolutely. I will be
0: playing that on the airplane. So, because that is high praise indeed. Derek, what have you been playing as of late?
2: Uh, I've been, it's hard for me to find time to get, uh, Just have fun playing games so i I do a lot of work based (laughs) playing um i did squeak out time to play shredder's revenge and that was just a wonderful throwback to my childhood uh that was a really really good time uh otherwise though i i've started playing radiant historia perfect chronology and that's a that's an rpg i've always wanted to get back to and it's been a lot of fun like it's it's very interesting battles that are tile based and it's all about positioning enemies so you can stack them up and get better combos on them uh unique time travel mechanic that's sort of a blend between chrono trigger and chrono cross and how it's handled uh it's i'm not too far into it yet only about six or eight six or seven hours but it has me intrigued enough that i want to definitely get through and see what all it has to offer um but it's been it's been nice to go back and just play a more old school turn-based rpg and it's still really fun
0: everybody likes those well i'm glad you're able to play games for fun because ultimately, that's kind of the point. Oh, it anyway. is kind of the point, yeah. Pair, <laughs> have you been having any fun with games?
2: I, I have been
1: having fun. Uh, I've played some more uh, Pookie and Rocky uh, Reshrined, which is coming out this week. Yep, I got my pre uh, on the in. Switch as well. Yeah, it's uh, you know I talked about this before. It's a classic shoot shoot 'em up reimagined. So it takes the Super NES game and it changes certain things and makes them appropriate for more powerful hardware. So bosses are more complicated and there's more going on on screen. It's a really really fun conversion if you've never played it. Uh, give it a look. And then I've been I've been going more analog as of late because a bunch of my tabletop kickstarters came through. So I got Company of Heroes. I got uh, you know beautiful fully painted set of that. I got Foundations of Rome, which is, speaking of miniatures, like you're reconstructing the entire city of Rome with monuments. A it's a freaking awesome, beautiful tabletop game. Uh, and then uh, X-Men also. So I'm, I'm just sitting on my small dragon horde of tabletop games. I don't even know where to put them in the house anymore. There are too many of them. And so playing those with a family and we're having a ton of fun. And uh, so I've neglected family games bonding. a little That's bit. Yeah, wonderful. it is. Yeah. Nice. Not that we need bonding. We're kind of cool with yeah. each other, but yeah. <laughs> it's always good i
0: think i like them they're yeah. all right i no. guess yeah, what can you do that sounds actually
1: and then oh fire emblem uh, obviously uh, our little demo I've, I've played that a bunch but we talked about yeah. that
0: and are you gonna be playing the full game then tomorrow
1: yeah yeah, yeah I'm, I'm definitely want to see you know i want to see if it holds my attention yeah. the musova um,
3: gotcha Huh? No, you've been bitten by the Musso bug.
1: No, <laughs> I love fire emblem. <laughs> I love fire emblem, and it's, I want to see what they. That's uh, how they you get know, you. Well, yeah, that's how they got I me. Which house you going? I don't know yet.
3: I heard that uh, the <laughs> um, black eagle is the best one. Edel Edelgard's
1: house. Yeah, yeah, that's what yeah. everybody's saying. Um, I, I I don't know yet. I have to I have to first uh, I have to first think about uh, what what the advantages would be if if any. Well. Hmm. Um, but um, yeah, I, I'm 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 looking forward to it. I haven't, God, I have to remember what happened in in uh, in Fire Deep Emblem. They all, they all died.
2: They did not. It's not died. true. In at least one of those uh, scenarios, they all died.
1: <laughs> Cat, Cat got the bad ending.
3: I played as the Black Eagle route, and let me tell you, don't do that route in Three Houses first. Oh, okay. and that's what I did. Do and, it later. Um,
2: yeah, it's. I still enjoyed it, but it's definitely. Uh, doesn't get Downer. you the basics like uh, the others do. I'll say that much. That's right.
0: Nope. All right. Well, do you want to know what I've been playing? Yes, I do, Seth. Ah, well, uh, there was a sale the other day on West of Loathing, and I finally said decided mm. to pick it up, and I had enough gold points on my Nintendo account where I didn't pay anything for it. And uh, I think Reb told me I would love this game. and Reb was right. Or whoever told me I would like this game. Uh, way back, it was like, I don't know, 2005 or six, when Kingdom of Loathing was a thing, or at least for me it was. I played a lot of Kingdom of Loathing. And if you're not familiar with Kingdom of Loathing, it was a a browser-based RPG that didn't have any animation. It just had this weird style that you can, if you're watching the video right now, but none of it was animated. It was just all static and it was really fun and it was massively multiplayer and there were, you know, factions and there was an economy. I remember like when they introduced pickles as a, as an item, there was this crazy pickle bubble where pickles were worth so much money. And I made a bunch of money. And it, it, anyway, I am really enjoying West of loathing. It has the same style of humor that the, uh, the old game used to have, which I was very glad to see. In fact, it's, it's shocking how true the humor has stayed. Cause it's like almost 15 or 16 years old at this point, but, yeah, I really like this game. It's so charming. And I got to say, man, it looks so great on the OLED screen. I'm just kidding. It's black and white. It doesn't make, it doesn't make any difference. It's bright. It is very yeah. bright. But if you like a funny, weird, and it's not like try-hard weird. That's what I like about it. It's effortlessly weird. That's what I say about the, the Loathing franchise. So go check this one out if you want a weird turn-based uh, RPG that you can play.
3: <laughs> turn-based rpg you say
0: yes that is funny and weird and gross and and hilarious and i i recommend it and interesting that's the other thing about it it's it's very interesting i highly recommend checking out west of loathing and it's on sale it was like five dollars or something so
1: you still playing shredders revenge too oh yeah, i'm playing
0: shredders revenge i'm still waiting for yeah. my family to join i forgot me. that one they don't, yeah. don't want to do that for some reason, I
3: played a six-player run online on nice. Nintendo Switch, and it
0: actually went pretty well. That's awesome. It, That's
3: cool.
2: We attempted that, but we were using crossplay, and I, at the time, crossplay was kind uh, of bugged. I, I've heard it's kind of been fixed, so hopefully, we can attempt again. But yeah, that was it. It was grand great when it yeah the, we got into the levels, but joining up with each other was a nightmare.
3: The next time I play, I think I'm going to ban using super moves. Really? Because you can just spam free. super moves by doing the meta, the the taunt, the taunt, mm-hmm. and the yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I there's a point where I'm like, this is too powerful. So I think it would be more fun to play without them. All
1: right, it's a you, little bit harder to spam them when it's fewer players on screen because yes. you do get interrupted by the attacks. But
4: yeah, when, when you got six yeah, on
3: the screen, though, you can
4: just sit in constantly. The corner, yeah, yeah, you're right. yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Well, it's interesting that this uh, we were talking about Shredder's Revenge because one of our question block questions from Tracy Vincent wants to know what licensed IP do you feel has consistently gotten the best treatment in video games throughout the years and some of the examples he gives are uh Spider-Man Batman and of course Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and I have to say yeah those are some pretty good picks but I'm curious as to what uh the panel has to say I
3: mean Okay, so this has been more inconsistent, but some of the best games ever made were Star Wars games. That is hmm. true. Like, you true. go back to the Super Nintendo trilogy, which was very good, and then you had N64. TIE Fighter and X-Wing, of course, yep. and you had, like, just recently, Jedi Fallen Order, I think, was definitely above average. Yeah. It was an excellent... The Rogue
1: Squadron games were good. Rogue Squadron yeah,
3: games. yeah. Uh, Empire at War. Yeah. Like practically every genre you can look at, you can go. Yeah, there's a really solid Star Wars game in there. First-person shooters, the Jedi Knight series. Yeah. So, Ta-
1: there were there were some duds like Terrace Cassie and course. stuff like that. I mean, there's but, so many yeah. Star
3: Wars games out there, but like Kotor is considered one of the. Death greatest. Star
1: Tower was great yeah. on the yeah. time with the tiny tower thing. Oh, yeah, there there
0: lots of. Um,
1: yeah. <laughs> I love that game, I mean, man. It's I so good. I
0: have it on my phone.
1: I think not- it's, it's gone. It's wiped because oh, they no longer have the... I mean, wow. you still have it locally, but you can no longer buy it. Um, no, I, th- I think that that's a good point. I hadn't thought about it, that there are that many great games. And obviously, you know, there used to be Lucasfilm games and LucasArts, and they did some yeah. good stuff. Episode 1 Racer and all of that stuff, too. Uh, not the just, arcade games from Sega were good. So Not just
3: good, but yeah. some of them were like some of the greatest games ever made yeah. like genre defining like
1: hits no good so, good good yeah. point i was going to say you know obviously batman is an easy one cuz the arkham games were good but before that there was an era of crap um, yeah. In a mask, which was, Sunsoft you know, Acclaim was very good. Sunsoft was good, but Acclaim made horrible. And I think Kemco made some bad, like Batman Beyond takes and all of that. So I can't really pick that one. But I would say Lord of the Rings has been consistently good. Uh, the the Mortar, Shadow of Mortar, the Games yeah, are really good. good. And then, uh, you know, we, we obviously got Lego, Lord of the Rings, which was really fun as well. Those those are all quality games. We'll see if if Gollum breaks that streak.
3: The Return of the King on GameCube. Yeah,
2: surprisingly fun. I like
1: that game yeah. too. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that was really good was too. All right, yeah. Lord of the Rings yeah. games got we got, got, we good got good got adaptations. Our, uh,
2: Final Fantasy X rip off with Third Age. I've not played it, but I know they uh, completely yeah. took the battle system from Final Fantasy X for that one. Yeah, really? There's
3: there's such a funny story behind that because the guy who made that game is was actually worked for Square in Japan. Oh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> uh, with uh, the creator of Final Fantasy. And uh, Hiro Sakaguchi, and apparently got hired at a strip club. Anyway, yeah, like go check it out. It's it's a it, there's uh, some funny stuff. But eventually he was like, I'm just gonna do Final Fantasy 10, but it's in Lord of the Rings, and that's how we got Third Age.
1: If I can add one more, there's yep. a a crappy movie that got turned into the, a really good game and it wasn't a serious and that's the mummy demastered uh-huh.
3: oh, oh yeah, yeah.
1: so yeah. like once in a while you get a yeah. really terrible game license that somehow somebody thinks it's a good idea to adapt as a video game maybe because they thought chronicles it was going to be riddick. big right mm-hmm. like chronicles of riddick oh, is yeah. a good example that i really like that first movie pitch black is a great
0: movie that's actually uh, an interesting question too but Derek, what were you gonna say the
2: First, one I thought of was uh, what was Lord of the Rings, and uh, but pair gave me an idea for another one of a crap movie that got a good game, and that's X Men Origins Wolverine. That's a great game, oh, yeah. And I yeah. think X Men has a better than average batting average when it comes to uh, adaptations. It has a classic arcade game, you have Wolverine, uh, that uh, you, know, uh, you have the classic good Marvel vs. Capcom because Wolverine was always a big part of that. Um, Although, one of the most consistent uh, licensed games that always has a great game. Every every entry is a great game. Not that there's many, but uh, DuckTales. DuckTales <laughs> and DuckTales
1: Yeah, and uh, yeah, yeah. Yep. We got
2: DuckTales from WayForward. All three great games.
0: Yes.
1: I'd say Mickey Mouse. I'll add Mickey Mouse yes. to the Disney games. Yeah, They've been just... so many good classic side-scrollers.
3: Which side one scrollers. is the best
1: Mickey Mouse? Uh, it's is it Castle of Illusion?
3: I think Castle of Illusion was really good. Yeah, yeah, they what
1: was the one that starts with the black and white sequences in the beginning? Oh, there was like Oh, uh, Mickey um, Mania. Uh, yeah, Mickey Mania that was, was done good by too. David yeah. Hafe
2: before it and it was so complex. They actually had slight load times on Genesis and SNES. Yeah. Wow. Oh my gosh.
1: Yeah. No, the the Mickey Mickey Mouse, the, Disney is very careful with who gets to do Mickey Mouse and yeah. so far they've always picked well.
0: Yeah. Those are all Capcom did a few answers.
2: uh Mickey Mouse. What was that? The when Mickey had all those different like magical powers that he could swap between. Yeah, he can.
1: SES. He can. Yeah, he gets dressed right. Like he he changes his he's outfits. Yeah, Man. yeah. I played, that, yeah. I think there were three of them. I, I played them on the Super Famicom.
0: Yeah, one of them was a, yeah. a cover of Nintendo Power. I don't remember what issue, off the top of my head, but I can see it. I have to look this yeah. up. it's very gonna thick bother issue. Me. Nintendo Power. I can remember. But I can remember it. Yeah, those are great answers. And unfortunately, we are all out of time. Which is always a bummer, but you can follow us on Twitter at NBC Podcast. You can submit your question block questions on the NBC Facebook group. I want to thank our guest Derek. Derek, where can people find you?
2: You can find me over on uh, Good Vibes Gaming over on YouTube. Uh, We have a great uh, group of guys over there that does a bunch of basically variety uh, videos uh covering different subjects basically just whatever interests us uh john cartwright and I myself just had a discussion on uh how soon is too soon for a remake and uh, that that was a fun discussion uh we Mm. also have a fun just dumb tier list ranking all the sonic compilations coming up because there's been a lot and personally, I am work uh, starting work on a retrospective looking over the entire Xeno Bl- series, not just Xenoblade, but all Xeno-related games. So kind of tying into the uh, theme of this episode. But yeah, can find me over on Good Vibes Gaming. And I guess if you want to plug my Twitter, it's bitnerd uh, with an underscore at the end. So check yeah. me out over there. Thank you.
0: Very cool. Well, awesome. thank you so much for joining us. And most of all, I want to thank you for hanging out with us. And remember, NBC is the only place where you can... There's a cat.
1: Get the thing. Magical (laughs) Ah! Quest featuring Mickey Mouse.
0: That's it.
4: Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it,